I said, there goes the walker, um, you'd know where I was, wouldn't you, regular listeners? But, uh, yep, there he is. I don't know if I'll wave or not. My, God, he's just got this rhythm, and it just, it never changes. The stride, the hand movements, and this continuous talking. Uh, <laughs> maybe not unlike me. Here we go. Welcome to Dixon Jane's. It's a... Palindromic Wonder! Number 969. Oh, my God. Moving up there. It's uh, October 30th, 2023, and I am in, uh, of course, as you know from me seeing the walker, this has to be Thompson Park. Um, I'm not out walking today. It's kind of a nasty, cold day, and uh, I just don't feel like it. Uh, I had a nice walk yesterday with my wife. We went to um, a park, Rose, Rose something or other, just on uh, Kingston Road. And every time we go, my wife uh, recalls that when I ran my first study tour here in Toronto, before we moved here, so that would have been 1993. Oh, my gosh. So that's, what, 30 years ago? Is that right? 30 years ago? My God. Um, She used to take our two boys because we moved to Canada for the summer so I could be here for the program. And we rented an apartment of a a teacher in the East York Board of Education that I was partnering with. And it was uh, walking distance to Rosa McLean's Park and she'd take the kids there every day. So it's kind of a nice memory, special place. So yesterday I said, let's go for a walk. And they had Halloween decorations up and uh, we did a few loops And uh, kind of enjoyed the experience. And then, because I was driving, and part of the reason was I needed to see if I can drive Friday all the way out to uh, Whitby for the uh, road trek winterizing. And uh, yes, I can. Uh, Without glasses now, only one eye is really good, but my other eye is sort of adjusted, and together they, they work fine so, um, yeah, we drove there, and then she said, well, can we go to uh, Queen Street? And so I drove along Queen Street, a little busier traffic-wise, and then through the the beaches area with some beautiful homes and large trees, lovely part of Toronto. So uh, that was a nice day. And then we stopped for groceries. Uh, we had to get mayonnaise and peanut butter, two things that we absolutely needed. And... Um, she she called me on the phone while she's in the store. I'm waiting in the car and says, they have some maguro here, which is tuna. And it's sort of sushi style. And she said, they must have a Japanese person who knows about this stuff, whatever. And it was a huge piece of uh, tuna for $12 that you could slice up nice and thin and have an absolutely wonderful meal of um, sashimi. So she did that, and next thing you know, she come and get it. And I go into the kitchen, this after we're back home, and there is a tray, my tray, and it's got a, a tray with uh, sashimi sliced up and some shoyu and wasabi. 
And then there's another bowl of huge bowl of tofu with shoyu and another um, little little the chopped green onions on top. And oh boy, and a mix, maybe some sesame oil in there. Oh, so tasty. And it's fresh, soft tofu. And then another dish of, I can't remember the Japanese name. It's a long, long, like a stick. It looks like a stick. And she just cuts that up very fine and uh, marinates it somehow. And it's sort of a like a, a dish you might have with a drink or something. But a little side, kind of a, just a salad of just this stuff with a very unique taste. And then a bowl of rice, of course, fresh white rice. And it struck me there was something else. Anyway, it was a lunch. I posted it. It got a lot of likes uh, on my Facebook page. Here, maybe find the picture in case. I know, I know. Like, why am I telling you all this, you know? Oh, yes, and then, of course, a wonderful homemade soup. Uh, and I can't tell you the name. It wasn't a miso soup, but it's got uh, maybe some, well, I don't think it was daikon. Anyway, Japanese ingredients, really, really tasty. I'm looking at the picture now. Oh, my God, how lucky I am. And by the way, speaking of my wife, uh, tomorrow is our 37th, 37th? wedding anniversary. Now, we don't celebrate it. It just happens to coincide with Halloween, which we're not celebrating either. Um, but, yeah, there you go. We're still together. And, oh, my goodness, how fortunate I am. And she reminds me of how fortunate I am. But to have had have been served that dish late afternoon, I just, here you go. Wow. It was good. What a treat. What, what, oh, my God, I have, I have benefited so much from being married to this woman. It, it's been, you know, game changer, life changer, but everything else. And, and I can't even imagine where I'd be or what I'd be doing. And any other scenario I imagine, like if I had, and I, this seems really ignorant to say, really stupid thing to say. No, I won't say it then. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just that I, I can't imagine being married to anybody else without it resulting in divorce from one side or the other. You know, either would, would anybody else put up with me or would I have been so damn judgmental of anybody who's doesn't quite live up to Nalco's standards. All right. Anyway. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on because we got a lot to cover right now. Um, I've, I made some notes. Uh, I'll ease into it a little bit, okay? Oh, my God. Really? Awareness of movement, dance, moonwalks, etc. That's the first note. I have become aware, and I think it's much more so, in fact, maybe entirely due to the fact that I no longer have proper mobility. I can't balance. I, I can't stand unheeded. Uh, just the act of, you know, well, anything. Uh, it's dangerous for me to bend over and take things out of the oven. Um, you know, I would not go near a deep fryer just because I'm just unsteady on my feet. I need to be constantly reaching out to hold something, touch something, if not my walker, then a wall or something or other. Um, but when I see somebody dancing, and maybe it's just a video or just a YouTube clip or something or other, and I see somebody doing something like a moonwalk 
or just moving their legs or their feet like they're going across the floor. I am just so impressed. And it's it's like it's not it's something I never paid attention to before. I, I'm just not very body aware. But now I am. I, it used to be when I just see somebody walking with a nice brisk step, you know, straight, erect. Um, I think, wow, that that looks great. And I'm very, very much that way now when I uh, see um, just any any kind of movement that involves coordination and, and, you know, a little bit of cleverness and a little bit of practice, a dance step, whatever. Wow, it stands out. I, I'm excited by seeing it and, and I have respect for the people doing it. It's something, again, I've never noticed before. Let's move on. That's really not all that important, I suppose. Uh, color. Okay. Back to my eyesight, being able to drive. Um, it, it, it works. They promised you'll be surprised. You'll see color better. And I've really been skeptical about this. Well, it was the night of the World Series. So that would be two nights ago. Um, I, was, I had the World Series game on. And I noticed their hats, their their uniforms seemed really clear and really bright. And and then I noticed the color of the the uh, the Rangers, that blue, wow. And then the um, the um, you know Razorbacks, uh, the Arizona team, wow, that's a lovely, lovely reddish kind of color, the hue. And I thought, I guess for whatever reason, our our color TV is really showing images better. And I honestly was was crediting the TV. Like, wow, maybe just you know, it just got fine tuned or whatever somehow. And then it dawned on me: No, this is what they said would happen. You're seeing colors, and it's truly I've seen them more vividly. And I switched over. I was watching the Leafs game, I was watching the um, the Montreal game, and baseball. And and each time, looking at the Habs uniform, that red. Wow. Is that ever nice? It it really really stood out. Now I'm I'm kind of sorry that I know, probably in future, uh, you know, I won't notice it the same. It just it'll become the norm, but there really was that change, and uh, so I just thought I'd let you know how excited I was to say, yeah, they promised I'd see colors better, and now because I say, yeah, well, of course, it's like you you've you've washed a film away that has been covering your eyes. You're just seeing things brilliantly now. Uh, and this is just after having one eye done. So uh, there you go. All right. I'll get back to Naoko. She's back at work today, but she was off for the whole week. I talked about that, and she helped me with the meds and the eye drops and uh, and made some meals while she was away because, you know, she had time at home. She was able to make some for Daniel, who doesn't get home till 1130 at night. And so on. And of course, I benefit from all of those. But um, she spent a day raking. She decided it was time to rake. Now, we live on sort of a corner lot. And I would say it's windswept. It, every, the, the neighbor's trees all blow in our direction. So our lawn gets covered. My road trek gets covered with the leaves from the next door or maybe some across the street or the, the store next to the next door or the door next door. Um, we get a lot of leaves that aren't ours. And, of course, now the city has planted a new tree for us, and that one is, is uh, shedding its leaves. And so she raked up 
tin bags. And these are these giant Canadian Tire bags for leaves. She raked tin bags. And she was saying, like, I'm... I'm old. It's, I, I, it hurts. It's, the conversation started off. I had come home from a walk, and she said, I need to get that thing you don't like. And I what the hell is she talking about? And then found out she meant a leaf blower. And I, and I right away said, no, no, no. I hate leaf blowers more than I hate sea-doos. So you can imagine what that's like. Uh, a neighbor has one two doors up. I find it just ridiculous because he just goes down so there's not a single leaf anywhere. Well, Malcolm's argument is, hey, my back hurts. This is hard for me to do. And she said, maybe my son will find one used and get it for me the way they got a good vacuum for her, you know, that special Dyson used, which her husband didn't. And I, I I struggle with that because I'm still so against them. And, and I love raking leaves. But the thing is, what I just talked about, this balancing problem, I can't rake leaves. I just can't. There's no balance. I can hold the rake. But to bend over and pull it towards me and bend down to pick up, absolutely impossible. So all I could do was hold the bags open for her. Uh, and in the end, when they were full try and fold over the top and even that I had my walker with me you know one hand on the walker and she was worried she said no look you're gonna be careful and and I I felt pretty useless and pretty shitty about it like here's she's complaining hey I'm old now this is hard to do and my back hurts but as I watched her like even with the rake she was not gonna let it a single leaf we left behind. And she was going, like, you know, some people, hey, let a few get into the curbside, so what? No, no. She raked up all the ones in the curb on the on the, on the road that, of course, always wet and heavier. <coughs> and she just, you know, I couldn't talk her out of it. I just, hey, it's enough. It's good enough. It's okay. No, that's the Canadian way. She does it the Japanese way, the right way. If you're going to do a job, do it properly. So, I, you know, I'm just sharing that. I don't know why. I just felt kind of bad about it. At least I was able to do something. Um, we had a guest. She hauled a very heavy mattress up two flights of stairs. I, Me yelling, you don't do it. No, leave it. Because, you know, Daniel's not home during the day. and <laughs> This is something I'm saying, well, you know, we'll do it later. Or you and Dan do it together later and whatever. No, no, she's going to do it herself. And uh, the more I bark being unable to help the more she's saying just shut up you know i'm gonna do it leave me alone and then finally i get up and for the very last stage going up to the second floor i was able to get on the steps one hand on the railing and one hand sort of pushing this thing and helped a little bit but uh, anyway it got done so there you go circled back to Naoko. i guess the topic i'm trying to avoid is what's happening in gaza and I, I suppose everybody listening to I've got so much to say about it. And it's not going to be pleasant listening. It's I mean, nobody could be enjoying watching any of this on television or in the media. I guess really the point behind it all is I'm really worried that I'm swayed by not public opinion, by other people's opinions, by what's presented in the media, by what I'm consuming. 
and becoming more and more aware of how controlled the media is that sways information our way and what you'll get on this platform or this platform and how you have to examine, well, whose interest is it serving by putting forward this narrative? And it's really bothering me because I'm finding my feelings. Right now, I'm, I'm just so angry at Israel for, for Christ's sake, stop the fucking bombing! God damn it! Sorry. It, it's, just, it's, just, it's just driving me nuts. The same way I'm just so angry at Putin for dropping these things. But there they're going to war, and at least Ukraine has a chance of fighting back and is getting armed by other countries. Whereas they can't be in in Gaza, and I know you're saying, yeah, yeah, well, Iran and Lebanon and the Hezbollah, and so it's just it's, it's, take the high road. This is an eye for an eye, and worse, and and it's just innocent people are dying, children are suffering, children are dying, the blockade is horrible, and I know it, that doesn't make me. It could make me anti-Zionist. I don't know or who's behind or the the political. God, I've got my foot. Okay. Just, it's really, really, really disturbing. And I know somebody else can present a different story. For example, when the stories first came out, when all this started on the first read about, my God, woman running naked down the street with blood running down her legs. That was one of the images. And all these images are thrown at you. And you're thinking, oh, my God, what have you evil fucking sons of bitches done to these poor Israelis, that was day one, and then the retaliation starts, and suddenly you're realizing, whoa, 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 this, well, this is not going to free the hostages anyway. Here I am talking about it. I'm just meant to say, I, I probably clearly expressed my feelings, but I'm. It's so hard. It's just all so wrong. That we're fucking killing each other all over the fucking globe in horrific ways. God damn it. Fuck. Okay, let's just park that. Let's just park that. I am I am signing petitions for call. A, 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 I don't even a true stop. You know, cease fire. Cease fire now. Just stop. 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 Work on getting those hostages back. I mean, you have to be killing some of them in the bombings and others who will be killed out of revenge. How could this be helping the cause at all? Okay, I'm sorry. I really am sorry, but I just, I need to get rid of that. And then... I guess, you know, what follows is somebody puts up a post and they think, oh, that, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, I'm at that. And then somebody else will put up a counter posting. No, no, why this is wrong, what they've said. And it takes me right into the next topic. The It's called pretend Indian, pretendian, pretendian. Uh, people who pretend they're native for the benefits that might prevent or present and uh, aren't really. And the story has come up. CBC did a whole long story on um, Buffy St. Marie. I mentioned last time, and oh my God, the sides there, the native people, so angry at her for not being, buying, agreeing with what CBC presented and saying she's not a native person, she's taking advantage, and and others saying she was adopted into the Peel Pod group, and she is a native by our standards, 
And why are you picking on this woman? She's done so much for the Native people and others. Council of Native Indigenous Women saying take away any award she has and strip her of her whatever awards the government has given her because she's she lied about this. And back and forth. And people you respect whose opinions are on this side and others, well, on that side. And it's like the Israeli-Gaza conflict. It's Israeli-Hamas conflict. Back and forth, back and forth. Which side is right? Where do you stand? What do you feel? Like, you know, why did CBC even do this thing? I believe they did research, and I believe she is. She, I believe the evidence they presented, her birth certificate, anything else. She is white. She is not a native person. But th- that doesn't make her a bad person necessarily, as some people are saying she is. And she did an awful lot, which other Native people are saying, well, how much did she do for us? I, I remember like when listening to music, she was part of that, our listening time back there, late 60s, early 70s, the folk scene, but also music. And she had a hit song called Magic, and uh, which maybe came a little later in her career. But we all knew Buffy St. Marie and thought, this is wonderful. Love the way she dressed. Hey, this went along with the hippie business. You know, she was she was one of us in that sense. Um, so there's a just tremendous sadness about the whole thing, but I guess maybe what I'm getting at or trying to is that it's, it's, it's not even about reason anymore. It's all about emotion. How do you feel about this? Not what are the facts, but how do you feel? How does it make you feel? What, where, where do you stand on this thing? And it's impossible to... <laughs> To be objective, I guess, and and that worries me when people can't be objective about facts because they're saying, well, it depends whose facts they are. Well, no, isn't that this anti-science thing? I mean, it's got to be she either is white or she's native or, you know, part native or whatever, or she's not or, or whatever. There have to be facts here, but I guess it goes from there. Well, yeah, but what does that, what are the repercussions? What are the follow-ups? What does that mean? What does that lead to? What you know? Where's it going to go? It is a divisive issue, and maybe that's all I want to talk about: divisive issues. And I think that's the end of my notes, and that's where I'm going to start. I, I, I won't quote anybody else. I'll just end there. Oh my God! Yeah, I'll go home and sip with my cat and calm down. But uh, gosh, yeah. I'm going to go back to listening to, I'll just close on this. Um, I had um, in the CD drive uh, Wildflowers, and it is as good as it, as the way I raved about it. I remember you so clearly, the first one through the door. But I'm going to fade it out. To find you drifting too far from the shore. I remember feeling this way. You can lose it without knowing. You wake up and you don't notice which way the wind is blowing. Check, check, check.
<clears throat> Good day, boys and girls. It is Wednesday, November 1st, uh, just past noon, and I am in uh, Bluffers Park, only I'm on beachside. I've got a lovely bench to myself, uh, one of those in loving memory of, the kind I want installed in my name. So that people could, uh, I would want to put my my name and then in brackets, Scarborough Dude, so people could Google that and listen at random to any one of these podcasts that I hope will still be up there uh, long after I'm gone. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's put that aside for now. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, as far as I know. I'm feeling pretty damn good. Um, I made some notes, of course, and uh, the first one was, why do I, is this podcast like 60 minutes long, and, and why do I do it like over a period of three days? And that's simply because my moods and circumstances and situations change very much during the course of a week. So what I post on one day, for example, the preceding clip you heard, um, I'm in a completely different space today and feeling very differently and want to talk about different things and share a different mood altogether. And so if I was to release one recording from one particular day, it wouldn't indicate you know, where I'm at on any given week. And I, I do this on a weekly basis. So I, I need those different recordings during the course of a week. And I don't pick the days. It's just when I feel like doing it um, to show that, well, you know, everything changes. Everything is about change. Everything moves, including your, your moods, your mood swings. It just, you know, you can go from here to here. I'm not going to talk about the world situation on on this clip anyway i'm i'm done with it in fact this morning when i got up early um i did what i had done last night i switched to classical music on the tv i didn't put the news on i just listened to music in the background and uh carried on did my wordle and quirtle got both of them thank you um but anyway, and I'm doing them on my iPhone because I cannot see my computer at you know any reasonable range. I did have another a checkup yesterday, and uh, they had put me on this medication which people who have glaucoma need. You know, if there's your eye has too much pressure, and when I went in yesterday and they tested my eyes again, oh, you're back to normal. So the eye pressure that was high, however it's registered, they got these neat little tools, handheld device that seems like they push a little puff at your eye and somehow it gives a reading. Anyway, they said, oh, you're back to normal. So I was worried when my pharmacist said, oh, once you're on this, you're on for life, which was a faux pas for a pharmacist to make. Uh, I was on for one day. <laughs> and uh, he said, no, you don't need that anymore. Because I was, I was walking. But he gave me another one. I got dry eyes, so I have another medication. So anyway, uh, the meds, are, uh, the eye drops are fine. I do them myself. I still miss my eye sometimes entirely and get it on my cheek or eyelid. You know, it, it's still not a science for me. It, it should know where to put it. Now I've got to do the dry eye one in both eyes. And, of course, with my left eye, I haven't had any practice. So that could that could land anywhere. Anyway, it's not an issue. It was such a big issue in my last podcast. And now, as everybody told me, it'll be nothing, you know. It's no big deal. And it isn't. Uh, I am pleased. Um, 
When I cover my left eye and they ask me to read the letters, I've got 20-20 vision in my right eye. It was quite impressive how small the letters I could read. Um, so now when I'm driving, it's still it's, something's not quite right. And if I, I tried an experiment driving into the park here today, holding my hand up over my left eye, and I can actually see better when I'm using the left eye, which has not been corrected yet, will be in two weeks, um, it, it's, it's not quite right. You know something's wrong, but you can still, you're safe enough to drive. So there you go. All right, so there's the uh, update on the eyes. I think that's all you need to know. I think I'm just going to call this podcast Divisive Issues. And, of course, that's over what's happening in the world and uh, people's identities and so on. But we don't really need a name right now. Um, A regular message will follow this. What does that mean? Oh, gosh, no, that's nothing to do with anything. That's not your business. Oh, my God. All right, so it's at. I'm wearing my um, five ninety nine Value Village shade, so it's a little difficult reading my um, uh, iPhone. But it's very bright. I'm very glad to have sunglasses today. This this is quite wonderful. Like this is again a new experience. I've been wearing these uh, lenses that automatically go dark, you know, and they they've been wonderful. Except for driving at night. Sometimes they don't seem to clear and it's a little harder to see. So with the sunglasses, you take them off if, uh, if you can't see well. All right, come on now. I've got, uh, I've got notes. What? Oh, I know why. Because, yeah, it is. This is issue number, uh, or podcast number 969. Oh. Maybe I'll get on to the good news. The good news, okay? You hear me repeatedly, almost weekly, talk about my failures as with regards to being a husband and, and, you know, doing things that should please my wife, my dear wife, Nalco, who 37 years ago yesterday, uh, I married or we married and then just took off in a taxi and caught a ferry boat over to Saddle Island and spent the next few days in absolute bliss on this beautifully romantic island in the Sea of Japan. Nothing will ever take that away. It, it's it's just an unbelievable fairy tale story. I, I do not exaggerate, and, and I'd like to tell that story again a little better another time. It won't be today, but I, I'm just so... Oh, grateful. And uh, on the walk over to this bench, I was sort of giving myself a little pat in the back for knowing there's something I had to do in life. It's like people who dream of being an actor or a, a basketball player or something. You know, they have they have a plan, a vision, a hope, a goal, an ambition. And that was mine. Marry this woman. Do not let her get away. That's a terrible way to put it, but oh my God, you know this is the person you really want to spend the rest of your life with. You you, you know that. And the more uh, barriers that were sort of put in the way, the more strong-willed I became um, about this whole thing. So again, all right, anyway... <laughs> Let's get on to the the positive story here because I, I know 
you know, from my wife, then that's a harder story to share. But anyway, it was our anniversary yesterday, and I really wanted to do something. So while I was sitting, waiting, it was after 2 o'clock, and I was waiting for my 1 o'clock appointment with the eye doctor, um, I thought, what should I do now? She's been talking about oysters and how much she wanted oysters. And she'll always talk herself out of it. Oh, it's too expensive. Or, you know, and such. well, you could go to Diana's, you know, and get them there. Oh, no, no, you know, some other time or no. And I, and so I'll come up with something stupid, you know. Well, why don't we go to Red Lobster? Well, it's a lobster place and I don't want lobster. Anyway, I, I tuned in enough which usually I don't. I tuned in enough to hear her speak about oysters. And uh, my son didn't know until I sent him a picture of my wife in sort of her Halloween costume for work, lovely little mask, um, which may be the picture that goes with this uh, podcast. Um, he, he, he didn't realize it was her anniversary. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, what are you doing? I hope you're doing something special. And I said, well, you know, and I said, well, I know flowers don't work. He said, no, not flowers. This is, we're texting back and forth from Vancouver. And, um, I said, well, maybe oysters. And he jumped on that, said, oysters, great idea. And while you're at it, how about, uh, scallops? So he sort of helped me a little bit, and, and I said, well, where? And he said, well, Diana's, you know. And I realized from where I was at the doctor's office, Diana's was on the way home. So um, I just knew enough. Okay, that's it. Go and get her a dozen oysters. So went in to the place, told the guy right off the bat, I don't know anything about oysters. And he said, well, we got these three different kinds. You know, we, I can do a mix for you. And then scallops, I'm thinking, are just a little baby scallops, you know, and you got a whole batch of those. No, no, these are giant big ones cooked on cheese and tomato. I, I, I wasn't too impressed with that, but they were very tasty scallops. Um, so anyway, that's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He gives me this thing. They're all they're packed in ice with lemon, four different sauces for dipping, Um and, you know, in a big tinfoil and aluminum tray kind of thing. And as I go to reach for them, first of all, he carries them out to my car because I couldn't have the walker. Um, he says, now make sure you eat these within two to two and a half hours. Well, I look at my watch at three o'clock. He didn't tell me that when I ordered them. And my wife doesn't get home till five. So I sent an urgent message to my wife. Please come home on time. It's important. And I realized that was a stupid message <laughs> because, of course, she's going to worry. And I think, well, I didn't know what else to say because often she stays late or she talks to some of the tenants or she drives somebody to Warden Subway. And, you know, sometimes it'll be 6, 6.30 before she gets home. And then, oh, my God, we've gone way past the time of due date. He said, after that, after two and a half hours, cook them. Well, I don't want to be cooking them. The whole point was fresh oysters. So I'm really stressed. And I phoned her, and she says, what? I said, well, look, can you just be home at, at 5 o'clock? It's really important. And she's, of course, now she's alarmed. Oh, what's wrong? Well, nothing's wrong. I just need you. You have to be home on time. Well, what's wrong? And I can't, you know, I realize I can't leave her like that. So I said, well, what's it about? Well, it's it's some food. It's some food. 
<laughs> like, I'm getting stupider by the minute. I thought this was going to be a happy story. Well, it is. It was a happy story. It turned out perfectly. Okay. Sorry. That was a plot spoiler. <laughs> but I was really worried about this. So I texted my son. He said, no, no, Dad, just put them on bed advice. Well, they're already on a bed advice. So I get two more ice cube trays out of the fridge, put them underneath the aluminum tin. You know, these things are chilled. Um... And But when I phone her and I get on the phone, she says, well, what's wrong? And I say, well, you got to be home. Well, I can't. I've got a doctor's appointment. The doctor called. I have to go see the doctor about my results. Well, she just recently had um, an MRI and a mammogram. And so now I'm scared. Oh, my God. This is our anniversary. And she's got The doctor wants her to go in and get results. And now I'm really worried. Oh, my God. So is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is she going to want to celebrate? What? What's the news? Why do they need to see her? They'd called her two times to come in. Oh, my God. Well, she comes home. Oh, they're stupid. This was just the walk-in clinic. She could have told me over the phone, no, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. And I double-checked to make sure she's telling the truth because, you know, I, I'm thinking, well, maybe she's saying that to make me feel better. Anyway, gosh, I've turned this into a horribly stupid story. <laughs> the thing is, she was thrilled, and I actually set the dining table. I moved her the beautiful. Oh, she she does a, a police not it's not a policeman a, a a centerpiece on this long Japanese obi. And it's always beautiful, and it's always seasonal, and she always sets it. So this one, of course, is very much a fall setting with lots of decorations. I move all that out of the way. I put out nice plates, mats. I put out nice special plates. I choose them. I put out glasses. Oh, I buy a salad that's got almonds, strawberries, uh, um, blueberries, uh, various greens like spinach-type things, and... There was a key in there. Oh, and, and feta cheese. And I thought, well, that's a nice salad for a change. So get that and a nice bottle of white wine. And normally she doesn't drink. But this time I put out the nice glasses. And yes, she wanted wine. And then I laid out, put this thing in mats out and let her see. And they're all nicely labeled which ones. She loved the Arcadian, Acadian, Acadian something. Anyway. She loved it. She loved it all. She was really grateful I had done something nice for her. I get the, I could have just said that and not said any more, but it just it's just that I was so pleased. Finally, I got something right. Little help from my son, little encouragement, little support. But she really loved it, and she ate every one of those oysters with great delight. And... Um, it, it it all went well. And then after that, my gosh, she opened a bottle of sake, decided she didn't like it, so I drank her glass. And then she went and got a bottle of Japanese scotch, so she gave herself a little glass of scotch. And I thought, wow, this is wonderful. And meanwhile, I had taken, we had three frozen, really good desserts. I had taken those out of the freezer, so we had that. It was very, very nice. Classical music on the TV in the background. And, uh, yeah. It's the end of that story. Jeez. <sighs> anyway, I, I thought you should know uh, from the guy who always blows it. That, yeah, I got, I scored one, finally. Um, I guess I don't even want to talk about the next thing. 40% of Canadians won't get COVID boosters. And then they flipped the story around and said, oh, but 60% will. 
like that was a good thing. Um, no, I don't want to talk about refugees, illegal immigrants. Well, yeah, now that I brought it up. I'm literally, I'm concerned. Uh, Toronto has a housing problem. There are people in the streets. It's getting colder. They, they don't, they've filled up all the emergency spaces. They just don't have a place to put these people who are on the streets. So who are these people? There's a lot of people claiming to be refugees, a lot from Africa, and, uh, don't censor me. I'm just saying what's on my mind. I think these are not legitimate refugees. These are financial refugees. People who really are truly refugees. These are people who, whose lives are in danger for being gay in a country that will exterminate gay people. Um, people who are truly there for political reasons. They're, they're in threat of being jailed. There are true refugees who should be helped everywhere, should be given asylum. But there are an awful lot of people who just got on a plane, get off, say, oh, I'm a refugee, no passport, whatever. And now we have to look after them and find all these spaces for them when we have our own homeless right here. And I think this is a problem because these aren't necessarily people who are coming with any skills or training. They're just saying, hey, I'm here. Take care of me. I need meals and I need a place to live. And it it kind of bothers me, and I know that's unchristian and uncharitable. You should be open to everybody, but you can't possibly. And you look at Europe, you look at America, you look at where these things are. They're big issues. And, and my wife is an immigrant. The paperwork I had to go through, the forms I had to fill, the money I had to pay to make sure she was legitimate and had been health checked and, and had police checks and everything else before she could come and live here legally. And so this whole idea of illegal people, just when the states clamped down on them, they had a place, on, and I think it was, I don't know, it was Vermont or New York State, where they could just take a taxi and walk across the border. They were at RCMP, and immediately they're processed and they're here. They're not going to be sent back anywhere. And that just strikes me as, as wrong. And, and, you know, feel free to chime in and send me an email, you know, but that's where I stand on it. I just don't like it. And, uh, gosh, well, that's probably all I had to say about it. I think I'm going to continue my walk. Uh, I almost did 20 minutes there, but uh, there's a lot There's a lot of stories that, that just keep, every single day a story comes up, a, a time, a day or an event or something that happened when I worked in Point St. Charles at the railway yards where they used to, which are long since closed, where they used to... Uh, you know, service cabooses and boxcars, and they had a kiln for getting the wood just right to, and all the things, a wheel bay where they made the wheels or remade them, and, and all these things that went on. It's just an industry that's closed down. These things, if they need to be done, they're done elsewhere. Um, but that, that was just an exciting place to be and to work. And it's, it's full of wild stories. And then I was thinking back to the, the five years of my life that I devoted to working with mentally handicapped people, which they were called at that time. Um, and, and the characters, there's just so many stories and I still want to get those down. And the two books that I put out of letters don't really cover much of that at all. And I'm still thinking, is this a solution? To get down in my basement, put the camera on, and just tell the stories with holding an artifact. And, and, you know, I know that's the way to go, but I, 
I haven't done it. I'm like, oh, maybe this winter, maybe it's time. Like, you know, I'll get out that brakeman's lantern and tell a story of uh, how I stole it. But, uh, uh, but the ba- the context, the background, you know, the characters, Marcel Geoffroy, Monsieur Louis Lafort, and uh, Delbecq, and and all the characters, Johnny Lynch, and, and all of those people, the richness of the, my memories are still vivid and strong share them I want to and uh, it doesn't seem to happen very much on this Dixon James podcast, I'm always in the what's happening now and now the wind is picking up and I gotta finish my walk, so Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, Buffers Park I hope you and yours are okay and uh, those of you who celebrated Halloween had a good one, we don't but uh, we sure did a nice job celebrating our 37th wedding anniversary. Scarborough Dude! Signing off from uh, Bluffers Park. Bye for now. Okay. Um, that means I'm in the Toyota at uh, Thompson Park today. It's about 2, oh, not quite 3 in the afternoon. On November 2nd, and um, I was recording, I was going to record outside, but it's a little windy, and I thought, no, no, I'll get back to the car. And also, I want to end with a Beatles song. Well, the reason is, today is the day, the last ever, probably, maybe, Beatles song was released. Um, it sounds pretty good. I've only heard a little bit of it. I will buy it on iTunes for $1.29, I guess. It's called Now and Then. And uh, you all know the story. Anybody listening to this, I don't have to explain the background. It is the video that came out with it. Uh, Doug Slater sent me the link about 12 minutes long. It was pretty cool, you know, to, to it was a great way to promote this thing. So, uh, but instead I'm going to play a song from way back then, uh, one that I always liked. It really stood out for me, and I don't know why. I feel fine. I think it was the sound of the guitar, maybe. And it was just, you know, back in the simpler days. I was thinking about, I've, I've last night by coincidence, I think, I uh, picked off my shelf the Beatles number one, and it's the 27 number one hit songs that came out. And I listened to the first few, and I thought, wow, they wouldn't stand a chance today. Like, this music, I mean... It only caught on because of Beatlemania and that, that, that new thing. And a lot was to do with their appearance, their character, their personalities. Uh, the wonderful job uh, Brian Epstein did cleaning them up and presenting them. And then that bit on the Ed Sullivan show and this, the hype that went with them. And, and so any song by them, wow, and it would go to number one. But when you listen back now, you think, oh, I don't know. But uh, they did a lot of great stuff. And, of course, they just got better and better, as did the musicianship and everything else. So, anyway, we're going to leave that. We're going to leave that. Um, I want to finish off this podcast today, being a Thursday. Tomorrow i got to go get the road track done. I'm not going to include that bit. Um, I've only got 16 minutes left, and that's already gone. Gosh, we're down to 14. There's an election coming up in Scarborough. Scarborough Southwest. This, there are, it's Ward 20. Now, this means nothing except maybe to Doug, who I think can vote in this one. The borders are uh, Eglinton Avenue to the north. Oh. Oh. This is not my ward. Oh, damn it. 
Eglinton to the north. Oh, I was thinking Lawrence to the north, and we're we're below. We're between Eglinton and Lawrence. It's not my ward. Oh, <laughs> all the research I did and all the stuff I read about and all the bit I was going <laughs> to. All right. Well, listen, in case you're here, Eglinton to the north, Victoria Park to the west, Markham Road to the east. I fit those ones. And Scarborough, South, Scarborough Southwest is one of the city's largest wards and characterized by stark demographic differences. Uh, the north of the ward is home to working-class families in high-rises, while lakefront residents sit in lush gardens of their million-dollar homes. Uh, the ward's population is older and more diverse than the city average, with a majority being visible minorities. And the average household income is significantly lower than the city average. Residents of this ward's lower-income neighborhoods have spoken of affordability and food scarcity issues, a lack of social services, failing transit, and road safety. All right. So anyway, I was going to tell you all about the candidate you should vote for, but... Oh, my. I should have known something was funny. Um, All right, so let's jump back to Buffy St. Marie because this is divisive issues. Uh, Canada Land did a bit today. And the woman, I believe a native person, was really defending, saying it was kind of an unfair attack. It wasn't really balanced. Well, the thing is, it was about facts. And the fact is, there's proof she's Canadian white. She was not native born, native ancestry, you know, so you, you, can, you can say, well, it wasn't fair to pick on her and everything else she did, but you can't get away from facts. And a lot of people like to, it's all about opinions. So what this person said on Canada Line, which kind of struck me as shocking, but in fitting with this theme of, uh, uh, you know, diverse, you know, diversity and diverse opinions and so on. At the end of the day, it's up to each of us to believe what we're going to believe. Now, what kind of statement is that? At the end of the day, to me, it's, at the end of the day, truth is truth, you know. And maybe it's, oh, yeah, but there's really no truth when it comes to, you know, so many things. Well, you know, I, the fact that they've, they've found her birth certificates, you know, and, and people, you know... It's up to each of us to believe what we're going to believe. I, I, I find fault with that statement. No, it's not. You, you can believe. I can't force you to believe. And you can believe CBC shouldn't have done it or believe it was uh, mean-spirited or believe those things if you want. But in the end, they did a research and found out, oh, this person who's claimed to be Native their entire life well, once they started singing and having a career in music and applied for a job on Sesame Street, um, they didn't. So anyway, she did go on to say, it's torn the indigenous community apart. So the fact that there are so many different opinions and some people are really, you know, wow, what she has done is awful. She took prizes away from a, a, what a true native-born person might have got or their recognition, whatever. Um, and others say, listen, she, she's done so much for the community, it's great. Anyway, what is it? What, was it, what were we talking about? Diverse, 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 divisive issues. That's what I'm going for. It's not diversity. It's divisive issues. Um, now, something else she said, period, was, we have to believe women. Whatever the case, when it came down to rape, like Buffy claimed in a statement 
that her brother had abused her and that if he continued to talk about the fact that she was a white-born, his sister was born of this family, if she, if she continued, it would impact her employment opportunities, and therefore she wouldn't be able to get a job on Sesame Street representing the Native people. If he kept it up, she was going to come out and expose him for uh, sexual abuse that maybe happened in childhood. And there was no proof that story wasn't explored. I mean, he's dead, and and so are the parents. Where would you even find that information as to what happened, well, to what degree, and so on? But her point was, no, we have to believe women, period. And I'm thinking that's another issue that there are there have to be cases where some women might find it was to their advantage to accuse somebody of rape or this or that, and you can't throw out all cases. And boy, boy, I can hear the shouting in the background, you know. And I'm just saying, you can't, as a blanket statement, say we have to believe all women. It has to be case by case. And, and maybe give the benefit of the doubt to somebody. But her statement, we have to believe all women regardless. That's what she said. Wow. And, uh, you know, my note was, wow. Talk about a pendulum swing. And the swing will get back. And this is what's happening with, with the polarization today. It's a pendulum swing. Whoa! Whoa! Swing this way and that, you know? All right. So we're going to park that. Canada says next year, 2024, we are going to take in half a mi- No, not half a million. Yes, half a million. 500,000 translates as half a million people. Doesn't seem like a whole lot. Well, 500,000. No, that's... No, yeah, half a million people. Oh, my God, Ken, you can't even read numbers now? Whew! So that's going to be a, a change. And, of course, yeah, as these families come in, and some will have bigger families than others, the whole population of Canada, it's already changed incredibly from, you know, the 75 years I have been alive, uh, when it was mainly Scottish, English, Irish, you know, and uh, French. And uh, then, yeah, post-Second World War, immigration, but mostly from Europe. And then all these other changes. And, and so this is a new Canada, and we celebrate that, and Trudeau recognized that. And in fact, the truth is, it is our only hope to keep opening the doors and bring in more and more people. But the point is, they have to acculturate and that doesn't mean you know, you're going to buy white values. It just means you want kids to go to public school. You want to fund public school so kids in kindergarten and daycare can play together and recognize it doesn't matter who's black, white, brown, yellow, whatever. Play with the kids. Make friends. Have them throughout your school life. And everybody will get along. And that is just so important. And, and that's so, you know, this is not alarm bells going, which for some people that's an alarm bell. Um, but no, this is about, hey, celebrate this diversity, build on it, and keep Canada a land where people of all religions, cultures, colors, racial backgrounds you know, can get along. But clamp down on any extremism. Now, because of what's happening between Israel and uh, Hamas, or the people of Gaza being bombed, stop it, Israel, stop it, you've lost any support you may have had. Um, This, 
this horror. Where was I going with that? I just sort of stop when I just picture those scenes of a refugee camp being blown up. Um, so what's happening in Canada? You know, there are demonstrations, and a lot of people are saying, yeah, but it's about the numbers, and there's going to be more pro-Hamas people. Well, wait a minute. No, no, pro-Palestinian, yes, but within that group, there's going to be some pro-Hamas that Israel should be eliminated. They have no right to belong there anyway, so, of course, the Israelis are getting upset. And there are cases of people being attacked, not with machetes, that's only for atheists, but, um, you know, their businesses, maybe their homes, uh, you know, because of who they are, who they represent. And that's very unfortunate. And we have to do everything possible to say, yes, state your opinions, vote accordingly. But uh, you, can't, uh, you can't beat somebody up. You can't attack them. You can't, you know, throw rocks through their windows or whatever it is or, or you know, stop people from going into their businesses because they happen to be Jewish or Palestinian or whatever. Okay. Well, gosh, that's about it. Nestle, I uh, posted a picture of a candy bar and said, well, which one would you like? And a couple of people said, well, I won't eat that one because that's my Nestle. Uh, that's off to you for um, boycotting Nestle, and, and rightly so. And I remember, boy, oh boy, when I went to Nigeria in 1980, we were trained, hey, this is these are the bad guys. Nestle is selling baby formula at a profit in Africa and telling mothers this will be better. And there's all kinds of pictures of healthy little babies, little black babies, uh, because they, they were fed this formula. But the part that they didn't uh, explore was the fact that you need clean water to mix the formula. And in fact, the babies would have been better off with mother's milk. And uh, that was held up to us of this is colonialism, this is capitalism. And, of course, CUSA was very much a left-leaning organization. And, and we thought, yeah, Nestle. And I still, when I see, I go oh, go to the fridge and, oh, ice cream. And then I realize it's a Nestle product. I really feel bad. But it's something Nestle. Now, my wife would have bought. And I'm not at the point where I'm going to tell my wife what she can or can't buy. Uh, no, I wouldn't even dare go there. Uh, or do I want to get into a long political discussion about this? Um, and so I will eat the ice cream and the chocolate bars. Apologies to those who think I am doing wrong. But again, it's one of those issues that is divisive. Uh, but I'm outraged that uh, for some reason Nestle is allowed to take the water from the Great Lakes and bottle it and sell it back to people. I, I'm still in shock over that. And that's the same as the baby formula. Whoa, you don't need bottled water in Canada. You don't need it. It's clean from the taps, unless you're living on a reserve. Okay, another story. Let's not go there right now. Um, I was going to talk about uh, the king, uh, the, the king of England, <laughs> going to Kenya and apologizing, of course, and the Mau Mau uprising and uh, how at the time there was, they were brutally, cruelly. Uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of information here I could I could do, but I, I'm not going to open that up except that. Now, oh, okay, that was then, this is now. Maybe that's like the Beatles song, Now and Then. Um, is that what it's called? I don't even know. Uh, so, what the heck? All right. Sorry, there's somebody walking by with a very, very long pole. It looks like they've got a camera on the end of it. I mean, we're talking like a long pole, like uh, 12 feet long. 
I think she's doing, um, yeah, I think she's just taking pictures on her walk. Well, that's bizarre. Uh, the walker was here. Did I mention that already? Uh, I tried to have a conversation. I, 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 words come out, but I've never heard a coherent sentence from him. But it is nice to see him patrolling his grounds again. All right, I think that's about it. Uh, we'll, we're gonna, we're, you're going to hear uh, a Beatles song from way back that I really like. And it's in honor of the Beatles. And, of course, this is the day of the new release, the new song, which I hope you, uh, you enjoy and uh, love the Beatles. Well, you can't possibly love the Beatles as much as I do. But um, you, you can still love the Beatles. Scarborough Dude, oh, my God, that was a bit of a hodgepodge, wasn't it? Um, and I, I don't know that there really was a point in there other than to say that there's just so many things to be divided about and to take one side or another. But in the end, it cannot lead to violence here within us as, as, as people and here within Canada. Violence is the no-no. Uh, so stop it at that, Scarborough Dude, signing out. Bye for now. Here are the Beatles. I won't even ring the bell. I'm just going to let you listen in. Baby's good to me, you know she's happy as can be, you know she said so. She's mine, you know, she tells me all the time, you know, she said so. I'm in love with her and I feel fine. I'm so glad that she's my little girl. She's so glad she's telling all the world that a baby finds a thing, you know. He buys a diamond ring, you know, she said so. She's in love with me and I feel fine.